Welcome to the Roboticist Chronicles, an ARC Specialties podcast, where we get into the nuts and bolts of robots, automation, and the implications of an evolving machine workforce. Hello and welcome back to the third and final episode in a special series of the Roboticist Chronicles, where we have explored uh, the, the introduction into robotics, kind of gave a, a broad view in the first episode of that. So if you missed that one, make sure to go back and hear that. And then in episode two, the previous episode, we talked a little bit more about collaborative robots and some of the advancing technology in this space. Now here on this third episode, we want to hit on the bleeding edge of some of this technology. What is brand new? What is coming down the pipeline? And what is exciting these guys uh, about the, the industry of robotics as it relates um, to automation and, uh, and abrasives and, and what we've been talking about on the previous two episodes. So again, if you missed those first two episodes, make sure to go back and catch those to get all caught up on where we are today. But joining me once again for this third and final episode is Dan Alford, the president of ARC Specialties. Dan, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And Scott Barnett is joining us as well. He's an application engineer manager for robotic abrasive processing at 3M. Scott, thanks for being here, man. Thanks, Tyler. Great to be here. Excellent. And finally, we have Taylor Natz. He's an advanced application engineer for robotics and automation at 3M's Abrasive Systems Division. Tyler, thanks for joining me. Okay, good to be back. Excellent. Well, it's great to have all three of you on once again uh, for this episode and for this conversation. And I've enjoyed the conversations we've had uh, so far, and I'm excited to see uh, where this episode takes us as we talk a little bit more about bleeding edge technology and uh, some of the new things that we're seeing out in the industry. And Dan, I want to start off with you because you've been involved with a study at Rice University that has uh, shown you some interesting things. I was wondering if you could kind of explain the ins and outs of this study and what you've been learning. Uh, let me explain how industry works with the colleges. Uh, in this case, uh, Dr. Lose is an old friend of mine, and he's the material science guru out there at Rice. And so we like to sponsor senior projects. It's good for the kids, and uh, and sometimes we learn something. And that's the case this time. Uh, we're working with orthopedic implants, uh, trying to work with titanium with uh, hard layer coatings on top of it. And, and what we found uh, by creating these coatings and then finishing them is sometimes better is not better. Uh, we're finding that uh, a perfect finish, a mirror finish, doesn't seem to last as long as one that has a slight amount of roughness. And I thought, I thought that was kind of fascinating because, uh, you know, if you do get that new knee, Tyler, you're going to want it to last as long as possible. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And I suppose there's still some unknown there, right? Like why necessarily a super mirrored finish isn't always the best. Oh, absolutely. We are just getting started. You know, when you're, when you're working with the colleges, everything moves slowly. In our first year, uh, we developed the, the technology to harden the titanium. We developed the technology to finish the titanium. And we designed and built a machine to quantify the wear resistance. And so we're just starting to get results. So, uh, yeah, don't ask me uh, the, the science behind it, but we are starting to see some interesting trends. And uh, come back, talk to us next year. Maybe I'll be able to explain it all. Yeah, well, I suppose that's a, that's another good time to, to plug, making sure that you subscribe to the Roboticist Chronicles because at some point we will explore explore that. You know, we'll uh, we'll talk to some of uh, some of the important people as it relates to this study. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, but Scott, I wanted to bring you in uh, to get 3M's perspective uh, a little bit more on this, especially as it relates to tech requirements for parts and customer requirements. Where what are we seeing advancements in that particular area, and uh, and maybe what's exciting in in, in that particular area as it relates. To the new developments? Well, you know, 
more and more customers are looking for uh, more consistent, uniform, and finer finishes in general, which is interesting when we look at the, the knee project that that uh, orthopedic knee project that Dan had had referenced. Um, and so, what's become challenging with that is being able to actually measure and, and sense those uh, those surface finishes and provide, you know, consistently reliable. Uh, methodologies to deliver on those finishes. So um, one of the areas that, that we're especially concerned with and working hard on are solutions that can deliver targeted surface finishes, which are so critical for a lot of applications and more and more so now, uh, as well as ones that can consistently deliver those, tar those target finishes. Uh, the other area I would say that um, certainly is advancing and, and it's pretty consistent as well in orthopedic implants, but also things like uh, turbine engine components, et cetera, are, are harder and harder surfaces. And so as, as we look at materials that are harder, meaning in general that they're more durable or longer lasting, frankly, they also uh, make it more challenging to abrade. And so uh, we have solutions using things like super abrasives, diamond and, and cubic boron nitride type materials that can work on things such as thermally sprayed carbide surfaces, et cetera. So we see more and more of that coming as well. And uh, certainly both on the finish side, again, as well as the hard surface side of parts in certain industries, those are big trends that we see. Tyler, Scott mentioned a little bit more about, you know, what's what's going on in the world of orthopedics. Do you have any insights into that? And, and, and do you have anything that you can share just about uh, advancements in the world of orthopedics and maybe what's going on there? Well, unfortunately, in the orthopedics, that's not generally my uh, expertise. So I'm going to kind of lay off of that a little bit. Uh, I think Scott could maybe answer more. But um, just on a vision slash technical robotic kind of aspect, we're, we're trying to find more uh, inline ways of measurement, different ways to measure the surface finishes of some of these products that we're working on inline so that the part doesn't have to come out of the robotic cell, get checked, uh, and then back in there. Um, I know that's a big one that people are focusing on, just trying to improve so that once the abrasive process happens, um, we can verify that the surface finish is what the customer is looking for. So. Those are some of the, the trends that are trying to uh, catch up, I guess, with, with the robotics industry at this point. Right, right. Yeah, I think Tyler's right on the money. You know, the right now, the robot will finish the part. Then you take the part off and you put it on a profilometer. A profilometer moves a needle across it. And you measure the peaks and valley, get the root mean square. But what we really need is have a profilometer or some kind of similar technology that the robot can utilize and if it determines that the part is not quite ready, then it, it continues to work. And uh, on kind of a rough level, we've already done something like that using uh, 2D vision systems where uh, we were removing rust. Uh, and it's pretty easy to differentiate between rust and what they call gray metal. And so we would have, we built a machine that would wander about and clean rust. It was kind of like, uh, you know, the, the room robots that'll wander around your house it would go search for areas which were not down to gray metal and, and then clean them up. And so that, that was kind of a rough uh, rough application, but, but you can see where we're going with this. If we can get it to the point where we can determine the actual surface finish and have the robot continue to work until it achieves that finish, that's going to be huge. 
Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Uh, just just having that kind of capability, I think, is is extremely beneficial. And uh, Scott, I, I know before we hit record, you were telling me a little bit more about Scan and Plan and, and what that technology brings. Can you kind of go into a little bit more detail about Scan and Plan and, and what that means and what it provides and, and the capabilities of it? Sure, it's it's uh, you know heavily built into vision and so- and integrated software and uh, connecting the two and and certainly it's it's not new relative to you know finding part orientation uh, in pick and place operations etc. Where it's it's starting to advance and a lot of people are working on solutions are areas where we're using uh, different vision imaging systems to uh, detect part geometry, say incoming part geometry, compare it to uh, some standard expectation, a CAD drawing or something like that. Uh, and, and then using very sophisticated software to uh, develop a, a robot path to process the part in a way that takes it from its scanned dimensions to the targeted dimension, say, in the CAD drawing, for example. And uh, very complex, but very important, especially as you deal with part variation, part to part, as well as potentially, you know, higher mix uh, production where uh, there is a range of parts types that are feeding your process. Both In both examples, scan and plan would, would be uh, really valuable technology. And as I mentioned, several companies uh, are working on solutions and and uh, we got a ways to go but it's it's getting it's getting uh, getting there now Dan I know that you've mentioned in the past real-time surface surface finish measurement does this dovetail into what what Scott is talking about or is this something different well you know that's that's more like when I was uh, checking for rust in the absence mm-hmm. therein but uh, no the, the scan and plan is a great idea you got to understand you know the biggest problem with robots is they're hard to program. And so the ultimate robot is one that programs itself. And although we haven't done this with finishing yet, we just finished a robot that scans a weld joint and then creates an optimized weld program to join the two pieces of pipe together. So it, it works. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for an opportunity to apply that to abrasive finishing. But that is the, you know, here I've been in the business 40 years. That's the first robot we've ever built that programmed itself completely. And that's our goal. Yeah, I... I... I think they could actually kind of combine. You do your initial scan, uh, you do that weld grinding, whatever um, process needs to be done, have that robot, it programs itself. Uh, like Dan said, that would be real slick if we could get in the abrasive business as well. And uh, I think if there's that other, that next step where you're scanning the quality of the part, maybe a laser sensor or scanner, whatever it is, I think people are trying to get that so it can cover the whole system where you throw a part in, it scans a part, it programs, runs the part and verifies quality. I think, I think that's down the line, but something that once it's all together would be pretty awesome. Tyler, is that something that, that you look at and you say maybe that's the most, that's the thing that maybe you're most excited about that, that you could see coming in the future? Or are there other things that are that come to mind for you when you think of where the industry could go, some of the advancements that could take place that would have you excited about about those capabilities? Yeah, I think that's top, uh, top of the line. Uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done to get up there. So there's, there's a lot to go in there. It is very exciting with each 
process like that, you'd need to get all your parameters in line so that the robot could uh, really optimize itself. But um, it, it is exciting for sure. Dan, I want to talk about abrasive wear detection. Uh, tell me a little bit more about what this is, what this does, and um, maybe what it's able to detect and what you can learn from that and how it makes um, makes the job easier, perhaps. Uh, that's a great example of how you underappreciate human beings because a human instantaneously detects when a wheel's out of round or an abrasive is worn out you know, j- just by the feel of it. And, and so how do we duplicate that? And uh, one simple way is to look at motor loads. So if the motor loads change, then it's probably time to change the abrasive. Uh, we've also found that if a wheel goes out of round, then we'll, we'll see an oscillation. And uh, our robots can compensate for that to some degree, but at some point you need to change the wheel. So in that case, we're actually using force feedback on the, on the robot's arm to tell us when a wheel's gone out of round. Uh, and ultimately, I think we really got to close the loop all the way back to surface finish. I don't really care what the motor load is or anything like that, you know, because that's not what the customer cares about. But what they care about is surface finish. So if we can in real time quantify surface finish with optics or some kind of an automated profilometer, that, that's going to be the bottom line. It's a combination of all these technologies mixed together. Right, right, and, and then I know another another thing that might be out there that that's on the bleeding edge uh, is auto abrasive change, and, and maybe talking a little bit about that and what that could potentially look like in the future, and and the ways that it increases efficiency. So, Scott, what can you tell us about auto abrasive change? You know, how much of a of a realistic idea is it? How close is it to being something that can be widely utilized? And, and what are some of the benefits of it? Yeah, Tyler, it's, it's, it's being done today, uh, certainly in uh, hook and loop uh, systems with uh, film abrasive discs or paper abrasive discs probably is, is the most common auto changing system out there. Uh, obviously, the benefit is that we don't need to do it manually. We also can do it uh, much more quickly. Uh, in many cases, if you, if you don't have auto changing often, uh, you'll have to shut the cell down or you'll have to do it outside the cell in some way. A lot of people do it in a hybrid fashion with some manual intervention, some automation as well. But it does exist today. It's just that, uh, as, as, as we all know, there are many different abrasive forms. There's not just hook and loop discs. And so as we get into stiffer discs like fiber discs, as we get into belts, as we get into wheels, um, abrasive wheels and things like that, it adds complexity. If we have adhesive back discs, that adds complexity as well. And it's not always attaching the disc, often removing the used disc or the used abrasive is much more complex than one would think. And so uh, there are several companies working in the space. And as I mentioned, there are several units out there already. But uh, as we as we look at the range of product forms, there's a lot of uh, advancement still available to us in this space. Tyler, is there anything going on in the software space uh, that we can speak to as far as bleeding edge and maybe new innovations that, that are coming when we talk about software and when we talk about maybe robot, robot programming and things along those lines? Is there anything that we can speak to there uh, when it comes to, uh, to bleeding edge new technology? Yeah, I think uh, the, the simulation software that's out there for robotics has been around, but it just keeps improving. Um, makes it easier for integrators or even end users to do some of this robot programming offline 
it, it's been huge uh, for these integrators. It, it just can really reduce that programming time. So as it keeps on continuing, it uh, keeps getting better and better. So I think uh, with abrasives growing, there is a need for, for more of this um, application software for abrasives and this, that side of thing. But um, it, it's just getting easier and easier. Scott, was there anything that you wanted to add when it came to uh, to the software side of things um, and just maybe ease of use? Sure, and I think you know the the Tyler kind of hit on on the off you know the uh, offline programming software. In addition to that, um, a lot of the same companies, in addition to others, are working on software that is simply easier to use. We we can thank. I think the uh, a lot of the uh, companies that are building collaborative robots for integrating simple to use software. Uh, obviously, there are some physical elements about collaboratives that make it easier as well. But just reinforcing the need and the desire in the marketplace for easy to program and in the, the big challenge, I think we all know is acquiring and retaining uh, uh, expertise in programming. And uh, certainly large companies may have a chance uh, at that, but as you get to smaller and medium-sized firms, uh, it gets very challenging to, to get and retain skilled programmers. So uh, easy to program, democratize software, I think some people call it, is really a driving force that, that frankly a lot of companies are building. And, and a lot of the robot companies as well, industrial robot companies are building out uh, solutions to more easily, to make their even industrial software uh, systems more, more easy to program. Dan, you know, some people have, have said that you are the most interesting man in the world. It's hard to disagree. You have a wide range of interests and a lot of expertise in, uh, in uh, some, some, some different areas. And so I'm always curious just to pick your brain about what you have on in your mind and what is maybe particularly interesting to you right now? What what stands out just as the things that, that has Dan Alford the most excited right now? I don't know about interesting. I'm just old. So, you know, I've got a lot of history. Um, and so, I don't know, one of the things we're enjoying right now is we're, we're working with the guys that are doing uh, the space mirrors. And uh, so once you launch a mirror into space, guess what? There's no gravity. So uh, it there's less distortion. And, and on these uh, precise optical instruments, just the, uh, the weight of gravity will distort your mirror to a degree that it will uh, impact your image. And so once we've launched these things, and we don't have to worry about that, so we're starting to, to make these with additive manufacturing and join them together. And it all, but you know, to tie it all back into finishing, it's been fascinating for me because uh, the guys we're working with, they work in the whole spectrum, you know, not just visible light. They'll work infrared all the way up to x-rays. And so uh, depending upon what portion of the spectrum you're working in, it changes your finish requirements. And uh, the longer the wavelength, the, the, the greater the defect in the mirror that is tolerable within, you know, within the mirror. So th that's been fascinating for us to, to try to build ultralight mirrors that weigh one-tenth as much as the Hubble mirror did, and yet are optically accurate in the spectrum that we're trying to work in. So uh, that's that's been a fun one for me lately. The man who says he's not that interesting and then goes on to give a, a detailed answer about launching things into space. Uh, you know, I think that's I think that's pretty fascinating, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, 
All right. Uh, as, as we begin to wrap up, uh, Scott and Tyler, I want to give you guys the opportunity to just kind of share any final thoughts that you have on your mind about bleeding edge technology, what is new and what is coming in the industry that has you excited. So, uh, Scott, is there anything else that, that you want to mention and, and talk about before we close this episode out? I, I guess I'll just make a quick comment, Tyler, on how critical uh, to the growth in, in robotization of abrasive processing uh, is the new advancements in technology. They've they've helped us to get where we are, things like force control, and uh, those technologies have been super critical to get to where we are. But uh, frankly, we need them to make that next step. And uh, as we all know, still today, most processes uh, using abrasives are, are still manual in, in the marketplace and have significant manual uh, intervention. And so uh, these technologies are critical and we are working with a lot of people in the industry uh, that have great vision uh, in terms of what what could possibly be leveraged into the future and where to take it. So we're really pumped up to see uh, success in this space, which, which will help our customers automate even further. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tyler, any final thoughts uh, here on Bleeding Edge and, and, and what's going on here? Yeah, I agree with Scott and Dan. There's a lot out there. Um, and what's exciting is that everyone's out there trying to make things easier, uh, which which is great. Uh, we're here to help with the abrasive side of things, but we're working with many different people out there on trying to improve the technologies. The future looks bright, so we're, we're excited to be involved, and hopefully we can make this easier for everyone. Absolutely. Well, guys, this has been uh, just an absolute pleasure getting the chance to uh, to record these episodes with you and get a chance to, uh, to talk a little bit more about robotics and, and where it has been in the past, uh, where it currently is, and where it's moving in the future. And so um, it's it's been a pleasure. And so thank you so much for joining me for these episodes. Uh, thank you so much to our special guests from 3M, Scott Barnett and Taylor Nats. Thank you guys so much for, uh, for joining us. Yeah. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. And thanks, Dan. Really appreciate being able to be here. Absolutely. And Dan Alford, president of ARC Specialties. Uh, thank you once again, Dan, for, uh, uh, for joining me today on this episode of Roboticist Chronicles. Let's do it again soon. We absolutely will do it again soon. And uh, of course, that's a, that's a good opportunity to plug. If you're not already subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you hit subscribe to get that next episode coming out soon. I've been your host today, Tyler Kerr. Until next time.